and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all of the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. Happy Monday morning. We usually release on Thursdays, but I've done a lot of recording recently. I've got a bunch of episodes in the queue, and I had a conversation last week that I particularly enjoyed, and I decided that it was time to get some bonus content out. So today you get to listen in on my conversation with Nicholas Natalie. Nicholas is a podcaster himself. He's been featured on Business Insider, and he's had a lot of really unique, really interesting life experiences up to this point that he is going to expand upon in the episode. So I can't wait for you to listen. And without any further ado, here's my conversation with Nicholas. Nicholas, it's such a treat to have you on the show. I can't wait for this conversation. Happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, man. Anytime. So you've done a lot of cool things so far in your life. You've got a really successful podcast. You've had a lot of really unique, really interesting life experiences. Tell us where this all started for you. It's a great question. Part of me wants to be like in the womb. When I was first (laughs) born, it began. Uh, It is an interesting question, though, because I, I do almost have like a separation of my life in the sense of like, you know, anything before 18, before college and anything after college seems like two completely different lives. Even college seems like its own lifetime. Um, but let's we could start there. Uh, I went to school at a private university for software engineering. And one of my core personality traits is I'm very impatient for better or for worse. So when I want to do something, I'm like, I want to do it right now. This needs to happen. So I set out to graduate a year early from this program and it had never been done in the school. So I got a lot of no's. I got a lot of people that said, you can't do it. You shouldn't do it. And why are you trying to do it? And really the motivation behind trying to graduate early was one, I wanted to prove that I could do it. Like, I think I could, you know, fight through this program. And then another aspect is it was a very expensive school. So I knew that I was trying to chop off a year's worth of tuition at the same time. Uh, and then throughout that time of getting people to give me some yeses along the way, I think that's where it kind of starts the story. That's so cool. I didn't realize because we didn't talk about this beforehand, but we have a lot of overlap in our stories. I feel like for me, you know, before 18 is one story and then after 18 is where everything kind of changed. But I think what interested me most from what you just shared is that you decided to do something you got a lot of no's and a lot of you can't do that from people who you told about your plans. And that didn't stop you. So take us more inside, I guess, what was happening there and what you were thinking as you heard no from so many people. Yeah, that's, it's interesting looking back on it, because I went through like the classic places to go for graduating early, I went to they had those uh, counselors like that would set up your schedule. And I remember I'd bring it to them and be like, Hey, I want to graduate early how can I make this happen? And they would like try to piece together my schedule and be like, it's just not possible. You, you would have to take 300 level courses while you're taking 200 level courses and it can't happen. And I was like, okay, you gave me a no, I'm going to go to the chairman of my department. And so I'd go to the chairman of a, you know, engineering department. I'd be like, Hey, this is what I want to do. And they, that guy was like, you can't do it at all. Like wouldn't even give me the time of day. He was like, nobody's done it. This is a new program. We're not going to allow anybody to do it. Sorry. You know, like cut your losses, get out of here. And then eventually, I don't know why I wasn't shaken by any of this. Maybe it was my naivete of being a young person, or I just really wanted it bad. And I eventually went to a professor 
that I was like, Hey, can, for whatever reason, he got assigned to help me with one semester of my college, like stacking my schedule together. And I asked him, I was like, Hey, you're doing this one semester for me. Can you be honest with me? Like, do you think it is possible for me to like pull this off, like graduate a year early? And he said, it is possible, but you would have to get approval. Like the first lady said to take 300 level courses at why you're taking 200. So essentially you have to take part two and part one at the same time. So it's like this class that builds on the first class, you also have to take. And I had to do that throughout my whole college experience, but I ended up getting approved by the professor that I was cool with. And we made, we made our way through and it was, uh, it was horrendous. It took, it had no summers <laughs> and every semester was about 18 units and it was, it was brutal. Wow. And that's so interesting, though. So as I hear this, I'm thinking, okay, so you go to this first person, you say, hey, I want to graduate early. They say, no, it's not possible. You go to someone else, they say, no, you can't graduate early. It's not possible. And then finally, you get to someone who says, yes, you can do it, but it's going to be very challenging. And still, you decide to do it anyways. And I think that's so empowering because a lot of people would hear, you can do this, but it's going to be very challenging. And they would think, well, that's a reason to not try. That's a reason to not attempt it, not put myself out there. But for you, it's like, all right, it's going to be hard. Let's saddle up and let's give it a try. Yeah. I'm like, that's what I signed up for. I, I signed, I knew it was going to be difficult, but this is the X result that I wanted. And then fast forward in the story a bit, uh, my senior semester of school, my last semester, I eventually ended up looking at the financial portion of how, what it's like, how much had accumulated during my time in school. And I had not been looking at that part of it because I'm like, I'm just trying to get through this program. Uh, and it ended up being $60,000. And that like lit a whole new fire in me of like, oh, this is my new challenge. I need to get rid of this debt as fast as I can, which stirred into, you know, I started like having all of these different ideas of how I was going to pay it off. Like, you know, maybe I'll I'll go study abroad and live in hostels and, you know, work a job overseas so I can, you know, live remotely and save more expenses. But ultimately, it got down to me living into it in a, in a car. And that that's exactly what ended up happening. I got somebody <laughs> to give me a, a 86 Suburban that my brother and I turned into a camper converter. And then for the next, you know, X amount of years, that's what I lived in to pay off the student loan debt, which, you know, was self-induced to some degree. <laughs> That's amazing. So you lived in a camper for how long? You said two years. I lived in it for three, but the same thing happened where I set a goal of, I want to pay off my debt within a year. And I ended up paying it off in 11 months with the help of excruciating work hours. And also uh, my best friend, he ended up moving into the car with me and we shared a lot of <laughs> expenses. Wow. That's incredible. You seem like a very proactive person, whether it's thinking I'm going to graduate early so that I can save money on this expensive school where I'm attending, or I'm going to live in a van for three years and work these terrible work hours so that I don't have to worry about student loans in the future. And that's amazing to me. Have you always considered yourself to be that level of proactive or was there a point where you kind of shifted into that mindset? I think my personality innately is uh, extreme um, in the sense of like, it's either all or nothing. I have a very hard time finding the middle ground of things. And like once something is set in place of this thing needs to be done, it can, I have a tendency to like find an obsession over these things. Like it's not focus. It's like, 
hyper focus. It needs to happen. And then everything in between that may be an obstacle is merely an obstacle. You know, these things stand in our way. And to double down on that point, during that time that I was paying off my student loans, I was taking the money, I was working 60 to 80 hour weeks, taking the money from the overtime and my, you know, base pay, tithing 10%, and then putting 88%, the remaining part into the loan and living off of like 2%. I wasn't eating, I wasn't traveling anywhere, I was like walking into work, like my eyes were starting to get sunk in, like I was like taking it to the extreme. And it's like, nobody was telling me to do this. You know, I think that's another part of it is like, there is something intrinsic about setting a goal and feeling like I have to do something. Hmm. That's incredible. Was there ever a point where you thought this isn't worth it? I'm going to sell the camper. I'm going to get an apartment. I'm going to go down to working 40 hour weeks instead of 80 hour weeks. Yeah, there's definitely moments where I was like, this might be too much for me. And it was I, I got a job at the Department of Defense and they for some reason, saw me living in a suburban as a threat. I never told them about it. And I never like <laughs> brought it into work that I was like doing this thing. I was just like providing a lot of value to the organization. But the organization I worked at, it was very uncommon to work overtime. And I was working a lot of overtime. So this government investigation got launched on me that I was a bum trying to steal from the government, which became very serious, very fast. You know, they started auditing everything I was doing. I was getting called in for like these meetings and these big wigs were telling me you can't be doing what you're doing. You know, it's like getting intense. And like during those like handful of weeks, I was like, this sucks. Like this is probably not worth it. And then everybody in my uh, immediate circle was also telling me the same thing. Like, dude, just stop, you know, like there's an easy solution to stop what you're doing. But I was like, I'm so close to paying this off. Like, I think at that time I had paid off 40,000, the government investigation happened and I had 20 left and I was like, there's no way that I got two thirds of the way through this thing and I'm going to stop. So, and it ended up working out, but it was very difficult. Yeah, absolutely. So when you look back on that time, kind of taking the 35,000 foot view of all of your life experiences so far from graduating early to living in the camper to all of the auditing, how did those experiences help you develop and impact the person who you are now? I think it it impacts in lots of ways. One, it's still who I am. Like I still carry a lot of those things with me in my day-to-day -day life. But also those times serve as evidence to myself when I have doubt. So if I am having some sort of our, our favorite buzzword, limiting beliefs, am I having limiting beliefs around whether I can accomplish something? I have the evidence to look back on and say, hey, well, you did all those other things that were hard and difficult. And you found a way to figure it out on the other side, you know, so there's no lack of ability here. It's more of a lack of mindset. So I think that plays a lot into the day-to-day -day things. Yeah, that's huge. And that's something that I've been working through in my own life as well. I recognize that for me and for a lot of people, it's very easy to get trapped in our own thoughts or trapped inside our own head. And I have this little exercise that I do. So I'll take a note card and I'll write my worries on one side and then I'll write truths on the other side. And mm. I notice that the truths are usually based on things that have happened in the past. And it's hard to dispute that evidence, right? Because unless you're the type of person that is always rewriting history, those are going to be concrete facts. Those are going to be things that have happened before. And then the worries that I write down are always concerns about 
how things could go in the future, but rarely, if ever, did they come to fruition. This is especially fresh right now because I found one of these note cards that I wrote on about two months ago. I found it on my desk yesterday and I was reading all of these things that two months ago I was worried about. And it's like, that's not even close to what actually Mm -hmm. happened. And so it's just so empowering to remember like, yeah, we all have evidence. We all have a bank built up that reminds us of who we are, of what we've done before, and really what we're capable of doing in the future as well. Hey, before we continue the conversation, I want to take a short break to tell you about my Midweek Momentum newsletter. If you're anything like me, you start the new week with a lot of energy, a lot of excitement, you're looking forward to what lies ahead, and then the week starts and maybe something comes up that you weren't expecting or maybe you just get tired from all of the demands that your week places on you. If this is something that you can relate to, go to my website at bradyross.com, that's B-R-A-D-Y-R-O-S-S.com, and sign up for my Midweek Momentum newsletter. Each Tuesday, you'll receive a short email from me, often based on the podcast guest from the week before, and you'll hear a short quote or thought or inspiration that empowers you to finish your week with the same amount of drive and determination that you had when you started. After you sign up, you'll get a free instant preview of the introduction and first chapter of my book, Seven Steps to Dominate Your Day and Crush Your Goals. You'll learn how to maximize the power and potential of each day by planning in advance what you want to accomplish. I'm not going to spam you. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if for whatever reason you don't like the content, but I think that you're going to find both the information and the newsletter and also the timing of it very helpful. So I would encourage you to go and sign up. Again, you can find all of that information on my website at bradyross.com, and we'll link that in the show notes as well. Let's get back to my conversation with Nicholas. Yeah, I love that. Those are great thoughts. I think there's uh, some sort of quote in Stoicism that I'm absolutely going to botch, but it's around the idea that worry only enables you to suffer twice. So like, if you're worried about something that's going to suck and you worry about it, you're suffering. And then on the off chance that it does suck, you you suffer through it twice. So it's like, don't worry about these things, like let them happen and experience them and then figure out if they suck, you know, instead of like suffering more in our own imaginations. Absolutely. Yeah. Oftentimes anticipation is the worst part of something I think about. And I've used this example on the podcast before, but I swim at my gym twice a week. And it's very hard to psych myself up for it because I hate that moment when I get in the water, it's so cold Mm. and I can't touch the bottom. It very much, you know, puts me out of my element. But usually once I get past that point, which lasts maybe five seconds, I'm acclimated, the water warms up and it's fine. But for whatever reason, like the anticipation of that moment sometimes will, I shouldn't say sometimes it will prevent me. Um, Cause I usually do it anyways, but it definitely mm-hmm. makes me dread like that moment in time, but it's such a small thing in retrospect. And if I'm able to get past that point, then the entire experience ends up not being as big a deal. So I think that's an important concept to remember. And in your life, as we unpack this, looking back on, you know, what you've done before, how you've overcome different things, how does that impact your motivation for the things that you're working on right now? Hmm. Brady, that was an amazing segue. Oh my goodness. I think it impacts it to carry on what you're talking about. I think it impacts me in knowing that a lot of the small things that I get hung up on really are small things that I'm getting hung up on. And 
most of the things that stand in my day-to-day now aren't as drastic, aren't as extreme. And it's usually just a mere fact of like, it takes 20. I can't tell you how many texts I haven't replied to that would easily take me five seconds to reply to. And it's that same hurdle that we're talking about this, this minor inconvenience in our head to move things forward on the flip side though, talking around the idea of focus I've learned that in my personality is I love, I have a lot of interests and I can easily take on more projects than I need to. I can get spread thin pretty quickly. Um, I've found that the most impactful thing is to dig one hole really deep rather than dig a bunch of holes not that deep. Because if you want real results, you have to focus, you have to be streamlined, you have to be all in on particular things. And that's not to say the other wells that you're digging won't ever get dug it's to say hey let's prioritize what's important to you now so we can go all in on it that's changed a lot for me since um paying off my debt absolutely that's so huge i feel like for me if i am reactive in my time like with my week then i will look back and i've gotten a lot of little things done but it's hard to remember what most of those are and in doing that it's hard to calculate the impact that i've had if i'm just responding to emails or if I'm just dealing with things as they come up. But if I'm more proactive on the front end and I'm saying these are the two or three things that are most important to me to accomplish or take care of, I may have to ignore some other shiny objects along the way. But if I put my best time and energy into those things, then I'm able to feel a sense of progress, a sense of accomplishment. And then I'm doing the things that will ultimately have the greatest impact on my work or on some of the areas where I'm trying to influence. Yeah, I think systemizing everything has, has changed a lot for me too. I used to be the person that would have a, a task list that was 15 tasks long in a day. And I would somehow convince myself that I was going to finish all 15 and all 15 were equally equally as important as the others when that's not true. And just chopping all of those off and saying, okay, what are the top three things? And really, if I only got one of these things done, how could that make my day successful? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I think in the current stage that I'm in, that looks like, you know, what's going to bring in the most monetary benefit for the business. But in other cases, I think there's times in my life where it's going to be like, you know, taking my girlfriend out on a date is going to be the highest priority for this day. And that's going to determine its success. And that's in the top three or whatever the case may be. It doesn't have to be so career work oriented. And Another thing that I also started implementing that's really been a game changer for me is I've started tracking my habits because my habits ultimately are dictating my days and my days are ultimately dictating my life. So I've curated like a list of habits of things that need to happen in my day, not a task list habits, which sounds pretty similar, but in the sense of like working out, I need to work out every day. That's not something that's going to be like career task list, but that is something that I need to recognize and be able to look back at my month and say, I hit 25 out of 30 days this month. That's solid. Or I hit 10 days out of 30 days. And this is like a lifestyle adjustment that I need to make. And I think we can only really make decisions that are going to adjust in a practical and actually beneficial way is gathering data like that about our own behaviors. So that's a system I've put in place that's really helped. I love that so much. I'm curious, how do you track your habits? Do you have a James Clear habit tracker or do you create I got a makeshift. Yeah, I got I made my own. It's just an Excel spreadsheet. And I I am I don't like complicated things. I like things simple. So it's like 
workout, you put a zero or a one under the date. So you either did it, or you didn't do it. And you follow your diet, zero or one, did you do it, you didn't do it. And even this, uh, in response to like a podcast, like, did you reach out to five guests? Yes or no? And I like the aspect. I know some people put like, I felt, I felt three fourths good through my workout. And I'm like, I just want to know if I did it. I did. That's all I care about. You know, am I actually mm-hmm. getting after it or not? Well, it's like we talked about before with the priorities, you know, if you decide and I'll admit that I've done this before, if you decide you're going to track 15 habits every day, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to comprehend which of those are important and which are just adding fluff to the list. But if you track and I'm not saying that I'm the perfect example of this, but I have two habits that I've tracked every day for the last six months. And the cool thing with that is those have become a core part of my identity and my sense of progress every day. It's like, you know, the way that I feel, the way that I approach, you know, my tasks and my relationships, a lot of it is based around, am I completing these two habits that I've decided are important? So I love that you brought that into the conversation as well. Hey, we're just about out of time. Um, I want to ask you one more question, then I'll give you a chance to let people know where they can find you. So based on what you've been through in life so far, all of these experiences that you've had, what are one or two pieces of advice that you would share that haven't already come up? Hmm. What a great question, Brady. One or two pieces of advice that I haven't shared yet. By the way, I need you to just hang out with me all the time and be my hype man because this has been <laughs> awesome. I love the I love the Absolutely. encouragement here. Yeah, hit me up anytime. We'll 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 yell at each other. Let's go. You know? Yeah. Um, I think two pieces of advice I would give are uh have faith. I think that's probably one of the bigger ones, I'd say. And I think I mean that in multiple capacities. One in the sense of like you know, I believe in God. So I think having faith in God that he will take care of you. But on the flip side is that if you don't have faith that you can accomplish these things that you're setting out to do, I'm going to be hard pressed to find other people that are going to have enough faith in you to carry you over. When I, and what I mean by that is like, no one can do your goals for you. Nobody can take on your mission in life for you. You know, I think God intrinsically gives us uh, uh, our dreams not to tease us, but to, you know, give us something to strive for and to have faith that those things are meant for you and not for someone else to come in and save you to do them. I guess that's number one. Number two is surround yourself with people that are at a higher quote unquote level than you. And I think that can mean a couple things, not to be too long winded with this answer, but we've all heard the quote, you're the average of the five people you hang out with most. I think you're probably the average net worth of the five people you hang out with most. And I think you're also, you're probably the average, you know, where you are spiritually, like in your walk with God or however you, you know, you craft your own spiritual life. I think those all dictate from the people you spend time with. I didn't realize how much I lacked a relationship with God until I was in community with people that had a strong one. I didn't realize how I was talking about money differently until I started hanging out with people that had a healthy relationship with money. So those are the big two. Hang out with cool people and get after your goals. There you go. That's so good. One of the things that I'm reflecting on that you mentioned just now is this question of why did God give us the capacity to dream or the capacity to imagine what the future would look like if it wasn't in some way empowering us to go and pursue those things. That's one of my natural gifts. I feel like I'm not good at a lot of things, but one of the things that 
I do well and I get a lot of energy from is just dreaming and imagining what could the future look like. And so I'm walking away just reflecting in a deeper way, like why has God given me that gift and what does God want me to do with that? So that's such a cool note to end on. Thanks again for sharing that. Nicholas, before we wrap up, where can people find you and learn more about you? Brady, this has been fantastic. Uh, one place, just go listen to the podcast, The Nicholas Itali Show. It's great conversations like this and in a whole nother capacity. So go check out the podcast. I love it. I'm going to do that later today. So you'll get one new subscriber at least. Nicholas, (laughs) this has been a lot of fun. Thanks again for sharing some time with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I'll confess that the other reason why I wanted to share this podcast episode today is because it's the first day of a new month. And if you're anything like me, you do a good job of starting new things whenever there is a clearly defined ending and a clearly defined beginning. So I'll just pull the curtain back and tell you that I'm starting a new habit tracker today. I track my habits pretty regularly, but I feel like it's gotten stale over the past few months. And I feel like there are a few areas in my life where I have been slacking and where I need to make some progress. And so I have put them on a habit tracker and I've committed to tracking them throughout the entire month. And so hopefully something you heard in this episode encourages you to start something new today, whether it's a habit tracker, whether it's a project, whether it's just being more intentional about how you spend your time and energy. The first day of a month is a great time to start something new. And whatever it is, no matter how big or small, I encourage you to do more in the month of May than you did in the months prior. Thanks again for tuning into the show today. Feel free to share the episode if you found the content helpful. And if you haven't already done so, I would encourage you to subscribe to the show. We'll release a new episode this Thursday as we do every Thursday. And I want you to be among the first to know whenever that new content is out. I'll see you soon. Remember, you already have all of the motivation that you need, and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it. Thank you.